Amen. Thank you so much, Nick. We are in the midst of a series of messages that are in keeping with our 50 Days of Focus, which wraps up next week. And uh, today I'd like to focus our attention on the law of the harvest. Last Sunday we talked on focusing on generosity, the act of generosity. And I said I'd introduce the last point that I, I shared last week was that generosity will actually begin to set in motion multiplication. And I said, I just kind of introduced you to it a little bit last week, said that I'd continue it today. So what we're going to be talking about today is the law of the harvest. Now let me just take a moment and uh, make a couple of introductory comments. Um, first of all, there are a lot of confusing teachings that are out and about, have been for many years, on the subject of uh, the principle of the harvest or giving and receiving and uh, there's all kinds of stuff that's been said and taught. And um, I, I think that as, as Christians who are try to be balanced and carry some level of spiritual equilibrium uh, and, and try to be as biblical as we can, sometimes it's a real struggle when you hear so many different viewpoints on, on different subjects. And uh, I think this area of giving and giving and receiving and the, the multiplication side of giving can be, can be very confusing. And um, I, I hope that I can help you today. What I, my goal is to not only instruct you of what the Bible says, uh, I hope to uh, challenge wrong thinking, uh, and I hope that your faith will be stimulated and be built uh, on the truth, which I believe is, is, is clearly laid out in Scripture if we just take the time to go beyond the surface of what scriptures that are jerked around here and there and said, all right? So let me just say this. Uh, I am not uh, what some people would refer to as a, as a prosperity preacher, although I believe that God delights in the prosperity of his people. Um, I, I believe the problem with the traditional prosperity message is that it has been self-based. And it's all about give and get. And what I can, what, what, oh, I, I want this. And so in order to get this, I give this, and it becomes a formula. And, and, uh, and yet the Bible teaches us that the purpose of God's multiplied blessings is so we can, we can walk in step with him, and we can reach the world. And we can be a blessing to the world, and that we can fulfill God's covenant with us, even as he uh, covenanted with Abraham. So... Um, I'm not that. I definitely am not one who believes in any kind of a get-rich-quick scheme. I think those are deceptive and, and problematic from beginning to end. However, at the same time I have said all that, I believe there are some undeniable principles in the Word of God that I don't want you to miss. And so I want to just, if you would, just kind of just relax for a moment. We're going to talk about the, 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 the law of reciprocity. We're going to talk about the principle of multiplication and what we can expect from God as we learn to enter into true giving. All right? So having given that introduction, uh, let me just make these statements. You know, I appreciated years ago, um, we have great respect uh, being here in the shadow of CBN and Regent University, uh, the the example that Pat Robertson has set in so many different ways. And uh, it, it unnerves me when I hear people criticize him because they haven't done a, a tenth of what he's accomplished. 
And uh, I just say, just open up your eyes and, and just see what God has done through the man. And I just bless him for everything he's done. Maybe in my opinion, just my personal opinion, the, the greatest thing he's ever been a part of writing in terms of actual authoring was a book called The Secrets of the Kingdom. And um, in the book, he outlines, outlines laws of the kingdom. And he established the fact, which I totally agree with, that in the kingdom of God, there are certain laws that operate. They are similar, in effect, to natural laws. We know that there are natural laws that govern the universe in the natural way, right? Uh, there's the law of gravity, and uh, there's the law of aerodynamics, and there's all these different physical laws. And we know that if, if, we, if we hold up something and we drop it, we know that the law of gravity says what? It's going to fall, right? And so we know that there are natural laws. There are laws that they work simply because they have been set into motion by the Creator. There are also laws of the kingdom. And there's certain laws that work. And I don't, we don't have time today to digress into what all those are. But there is a law of the kingdom. Uh, Dr. Robertson calls it the law of reciprocity. And as far as I can tell, by the way, he coined that. Uh, but anyway, credit to him on that. But what is the law of reciprocity? Or what is this financial principle we're talking about? Well, it is, uh, we'll refer today to it today as the law of the harvest. The law of the harvest, because in the scriptures, that's the way, that's the metaphor that is used, the analogy that is used to describe this important principle. Now, let me make something really clear as we start. We're, this has to do with finances. We're going to apply it to financial realm, and the Bible applies it clearly to the financial realm, but it is a law that affects a whole lot of other things, not just finances. It affects your behavior, the way you treat people. It affects love. It affects a lot of different areas. The same law will affect it. And, and we'll see a couple of scriptures that, that speak to that. But I want to clarify something. Since we're applying it in this financial series, we're talking about money and stewardship and things like that. Uh, I want to be really clear. God doesn't need your money. If somehow you fall into thinking that, boy, you know, God's struggling. He's really struggling. He, he needs my money. You know, wrong. Okay. He doesn't need your money. But he sets laws and principles into motion for you. So he doesn't need your money. It, we're the ones that need to tap into these laws. But if there's one thing I've learned, it's this. This whole law of the harvest, really, if, if we're going to really... If we're going to enter into this financial principle, we have to be prepared to examine our hearts. I'm absolutely convinced that the condition of our heart has a lot to do with how this law actually uh, is activated practically. And you might say, well, why is it a heart issue? Because the Bible says so. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 21 says what? Wherever your treasure is... There the desires of your heart will also be. I'm going to say it again. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. You, you may know it by the translation that says, where your treasure is, there's also your heart. Have you ever stopped just to try to break that down and really understand? Why is that true? Why is Jesus saying to us, wherever your treasure is, there your heart is? He's trying to draw a connection between your 
giving and the things that you invest in and your heart. And he's given us a principle. Wherever you put money, wherever you invest, your heart is also there. And what he's trying to say is, I want your heart to be on me. I want your heart to be on the kingdom of God. <clears throat> the great pastor, uh, Southern Baptist pastor Adrian Rogers, uh, used to say this. He said, the most sensitive nerve in the entire body is the nerve that runs from the heart to the pocketbook. <laughs> that's, that's so really true. I mean, all you got to do is barely mention it. Boy, you, there's, there's a nerve reaction there. It's the most sensitive nerve in the body. But to illustrate that this scripture is true, I was thinking about it. Um, if you want to call, if you would like to cultivate interest in iPhones, invest some money in Apple. If you choose, just examples, you chose to buy stock in Home Depot. I'm not recommending buying stock. Everybody, on a disclaimer. Okay, I'm not recommending Home Depot stock. Okay, if you chose to buy Home Depot stock. And you had a choice to go shopping for whatever materials you might need for a home improvement project at Lowe's or Home Depot. This isn't difficult, all right? Yeah. If you have a choice, where do you think you're going to shop? Home Depot. Why? You're invested. You now stockholder, and the benefit of that will affect you personally, right? Jesus said, where your treasure is, where your investment is, where your money is, your heart's going to naturally be there. And it is true with, with something as silly as Home Depot stock, but it's also very, very true when it comes to the kingdom of God. All right, so one other clarification before we jump into the uh, kind of the outline of stuff that we want to cover today. There is, this is basic teaching, and we've taught it before, but I just want to make sure that you, you get it as it relates to this. Because I'm talking today about giving and receiving, sowing and harvesting, reaping. But I want you to understand a distinction. And some of you might want to fight me on this, but I'm just going to tell you what I believe. All right? I believe the Bible teaches that there is a difference between tithing and giving. I believe there's a difference. I believe the Bible teaches that tithing is returning our first fruits to God because it already belongs to him. He's clarified that biblically. It belongs to him, and so whenever I stroke a check for my tithe, my first fruits, I'm simply returning to God first fruits. That, but you might say, well, that's giving. Not if you can't give something that isn't yours. If it's his, then I'm returning something to him. Therefore, there is the returning of the tithe, first fruits giving, if you want to call it that. And then there is giving. So real giving and where this principle and law kicks into gear really has to do with when we begin to learn giving as a lifestyle and generosity, as we are talking about last week, then we'll really begin to get, and that has to do with free will offerings, it has to do with giving offerings to the poor, it has to do with giving money to special projects, whatever that might be, all right? 
So I just want to clarify that distinction between those two things. Now, let's talk about something that a lot of people um, are going to get hung up on. I'm going to lay, what I'm going to do is lay out some scriptures for you, Old Testament, New Testament, and then I want to speak to this question of motivation, uh, the motivation for giving, and really try to set that clear for you. First of all, let's look at the law of the harvest as Scripture explains it. You ready for these? Here we go. All right. It begins, might be to your surprise, the law of the harvest begins in the book of Genesis, all the way back in Genesis. And the Scripture says in verse 11 and 12, and God said, let the earth sprout vegetation, plants yielding seed, fruit trees bearing fruit in which is their seed. Everybody clear on that? So we got apple trees, we got... We have, you know, every kind of vegetation, and they are producing fruit that have what? Seeds, right? It's basic botany 101. Are everybody with me? All right. Which is their seed, each according to its kind on the earth. And it was so. And verse 12 says, the earth brought forth vegetation, Plants yielding seed according to their own kinds, trees bearing fruit in which is their seed, each according to its kind. This is the law of the harvest that begins, the law of the harvest begins with seeds. Okay? And it sets clear for us that God, in his creation, we can see the law of the harvest implied even in the way he created things. And we're going to apply that particular scripture here in just a moment practically. But let's go to the next one. So in Luke chapter 6, and I, I just want to say this to you. I'm going to read some scriptures that immediately in your mind you're going to go, I already know that. I, I've heard that before. I've heard that scripture before when people, give, uh, when people receive an offering. Would you, would you just put a stop to your brain for a moment that this tells you you're familiar with it? And, because what you'll do is if familiarity will actually keep you from getting a fresh revelation. Okay? So just tell your mind just to chill out for a moment. And try to look at this in a fresh way and allow the Holy Spirit to really give you understanding. All right? Luke 6 and verse 38 says this. Give and it will be given to you. Give and it will be given to you a good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over, will it be poured into your lap. For the measure that you use, it will be measured to you. So in this scripture, it's actually the context is not talking in this scripture. It's not talking about money. It is talking about giving out judgment. It's talking about in, in application, it could be positive or negative. It is a simply verifying, Jesus is clarifying that this law of the harvest works in every single way. If you give something out, you're going to have it be given back to you. And he explains here that, by the way, when you, when you give mercy and you get mercy back, it's not going to come back equal, equivalent. How's it going to come back? Multiply. Because why? That is the law of the harvest, right? So if you give out mercy, it's going to come back to you multiplied over. So that ought to teach us to do what? Give away a lot of mercy. All right? If, you, if you're judgmental towards others, how many of y'all know Christians can be very judgmental? So if you're issuing out these judgments against people and criticisms, you could expect, just a warning, you could expect a whole lot of criticism and judgment to come back on you. Am I right? It happens. This is just life, folks. 
So here's the principle, give, and it'll be given to you, and we see it's going to be give an increased measure. Let's look at the next scripture. In Galatians chapter 6 and verse 7, we see this same principle and law repeated again. Here, uh, again, this has widespread application, but it is just the law of the harvest. It says this, don't be misled. One translation says, don't be deceived. You cannot mock God. In other words, you can't treat God. You can't just snub your nose at God. You just can't ignore who God is and what he says. All right? He says, you can't do that. And this is what, then he states the principle. Paul says, you will always harvest what you plant. Does that sound like there's a whole lot of room for equivocation? It is emphatic. Paul is saying, listen, if you think you can just get away with doing stuff, you're out of your mind. Because whatever you sow, you're going to get back. Whatever you plant, it's going to come back. Does it apply to lifestyle? Yes. Does it apply to the words we speak? Yes. But it also is the law of the harvest. And the law of the harvest also relates to finances. All right? So he's making it very clear. You always will harvest what you plant. Let's go to the next scripture. In 2 Corinthians 8, 6, we looked at this. Uh, last two weeks, we kind of referenced the, these scriptures in 2 Corinthians 8 and 9. This one says in verse 6 of, se- of chapter 8, remember this, Paul says, and by the way, the context here is financial. Okay? So he is speaking about gifts that have been given for a certain project. All right, And he says, remember this. By the way, that, 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 when you just see that, that tells me what? This is, don't ignore this. There's emphasis here. Remember this. Pay attention to this. Remember this. A farmer who plants just a few seeds will get a small crop. But the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. Now that makes sense, doesn't it? It's the law of the harvest. A farmer knows who's going out to plant, who's desire, who lives by the harvest that they're going to get. That's their income. That is their livelihood. They know that whatever I harvest is going to depend on the quantity and the quality of seed that I put in the ground. And if I think, well, you know, if my focus is on, I'm just not sure. I think I want to hold back a bunch of these seeds because I don't know what I'm going to get next year. The farmer says, the more seed I can put into the ground now, the bigger and the greater the harvest is going to be. That is the law of the harvest, explained here in 2 Corinthians. Let's look at one more passage, and that's in Luke chapter 18. And you probably never thought about this as it relates to the law of the harvest. But uh, Jesus said, uh, Peter said, uh, Jesus, we have left our homes, and we have followed you. So look at all we've done for you. Aren't you impressed? Man, we've made a lot of sacrifices for you. And listen, and listen to what it says. And he said to them, well, this is what I'm going to say to you. There's no one who has left houses, wives, brothers, parents, children, for the sake of the kingdom of God, who will not receive, watch this, who will not receive, everybody say receive, receive. many times as much at this time or one translation says, in this world and in the age to come. Here's what Jesus is saying. Look, the law of the harvest is going to work. And whatever you give away 
is going to come back to you how equal, equivalent? No. Many times as much when? This is good because a lot of people say, well, you know, we're, we're just storing up treasures in heaven. That is true. When we even give financially, we are storing up treasures for heaven. And I think the greatest rewards we'll see are in heaven. But it does not say it's only in heaven. In fact, the Bible teaches it's not only in heaven, it's also here on earth. Jesus said that it will come back to you many times as much when? At this time, in this age, during this lifetime, it will come back. Once again, the law of the harvest is being repeated. All right? Now, I want to go to this because this is a big deal to people. So the question comes up and is argued many times. Well, pastor, are you telling me that I should give to receive? Should I give just to receive? Should my motivation for giving be to get? Now, listen real carefully to me because I'm going to just tell you what I believe is biblical and, and it's where I land on this. First of all, our motivation for giving should never be to get. The, the heartbeat of a giver should never be, uh, I'm, I'm going to give this in hopes that I will get this. That's the reason I'm giving. I, I, I'm giving because of that. That's what's motivating me. Where I'm going to manipulate, somehow manipulate God by this giving, and then he's going to be forced to bless me. Folks, it doesn't work that way. Doesn't work that way. Junk that theology. That's bad theology. It, it's not right. It's not biblical. All right. So our motivation for giving is not to get. However, however, the principle. I'm just going to read exactly like I put it up here. The principle is not to create our motivation for giving, but to show us the reward for our giving. It doesn't. If your motives are pure and you're giving because you love God and you delight in God, let me just tell you something. The principle of the harvest still exists. The law of the harvest is still there. So we don't sow for the purpose of getting more money. I'm going to say that again. We don't sow for the purpose of just getting more money. However, it is an unavoidable byproduct. Why? There's a law that's governing the law of the harvest. And by you giving, in fact, I actually believe if you'll give with the right heart and the right attitude, then it actually it actually helps to determine the quality of the seed that you're planting. So it's not just a quantity issue, it's also a quality issue. And so generosity doesn't give to receive, but it is always rewarded by God. Has everybody got that straight? So we don't give to get here, but we also acknowledge that we receive based upon our giving because it would be stupid for a farmer. Can you picture this? You know, this is using the law of the harvest, the metaphor that God gives us. Farmer says, well, you know, I'm going to plant. I've got a whole bag of seed here and I'm planting cotton seed. So uh, I'm planting it but I'm not expecting a harvest. I'm just going to plant a lot of seed for cotton. You see this, these five acres here? I'm going to plant it for cotton. But I don't, I, I'm really not expecting to come up. You'd say what? 
he needs to find a different line of work. Right? He better go get a job. Because that farmer doesn't have a clue as to what? How the law of harvest works. The farmer understands. The difference is motivation, which I've just distinguished for you. As we apply the law of harvest in our life, motivation is different than the farmer. The farmer says, I need to live based on this, and therefore I'm planting this. Uh, we, we, our motivation is different, but the reward is the same. Is everybody okay on that? All right, here we go. Now I'm going to give you three essentials as we conclude this message. Three essentials of the law of the harvest taken directly from the Scripture, all right? Taken directly from the principles of Scripture, and I'll read the Scripture. The first principle is this. Number one, you reap what you sow. Can everybody just say it with me? You reap what you sow. Here's a Scripture, 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 8. What is the context? It's a financial giving context. You cannot argue with that, all right? There's two whole chapters there in 2 Corinthians dedicated to this subject. So in chapter 9, verse 6 through 8, he's been talking about them. They're giving and their generosity, trying to stir them up to give to this project. And he says, remember this, whoever sows a little or sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. What is he saying there? He's simply repeating the, the, the law of the harvest. He's repeating it. It's been repeated all throughout the Bible. He's simply repeating it. This is no new great revelation. And then he says this. Each of you should give. So how do we decide what to give? Based on the law of the harvest. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give. Not reluctantly or under compulsion because God loves a cheerful giver. And notice this. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. You reap what you sow. Genesis 1 told us that the law of harvest initiated by God at creation was what? If there's an apple tree, apple trees do not produce bananas. Right? Corn doesn't produce cotton. If you, if you want corn, you plant a kernel of corn. If you want whatever it is, you have to plant the seed after its own kind. This isn't difficult, right? Y'all got this? All right. So that's the first principle is this. That's essential. You reap what you sow. So therefore, would I be foolish to suggest to you that if I want this principle to affect my finances, do you think it's wrong to think, okay, if I sow finances, I can expect to reap in the financial realm? Is that stupid? Is that foolish? I think it's biblical. Now listen, I get it. I hear people tell me all the time, well, pastor, you know, I'm not expecting financial blessing. I, I, I just want souls to be saved. I'm, I'm all for I believe God's blessings are far greater than just, I don't think he's just, you know, a uh, single task about the blessings he wants to send to our life. But don't deny the reality that if you sow money, you can expect to receive money. Why? Not because it's your motive, because it's a principle. Are you getting that? Yeah. All right. So, number one, you reap what you sow. All right. Essential number two, you reap more than you sow. Second essential, you reap more than you sow. I know this is simple, but just got to lay it out. 
one kernel of corn planted and that comes up, will that kernel of corn produce one kernel? No. It produces multiplied kernels of corn. In what way? A corn, I, I actually was trying to have time this morning to go buy food line and bring some corn to you this morning to show you. But can y'all just imagine an ear of corn? Right? Okay. So one, you're going to plant corn, you plant one kernel, and God blesses it in the ground because of the law of the harvest. It's all, the law of harvest is already in motion. So you plant that kernel of corn, germinates, it comes up, it produces a stalk, and then on the stalk are what? Ears of corn. And each ear of corn contains multiplied numbers of kernels. The average, I have been told and reading, is about 400 kernels per ear. Now, I don't know if that's, if that's Kroger corn or food line corn. I don't, I, I, I don't know. Or Farmer Joe uh, corn, organic or not. I don't know. I don't know. I just know that's what I've read, that it's approximately 400 kernels of corn per ear. And on most stalks, a good healthy stalk of corn will have what? Several ears on it. So you do the math. Okay. But I think you would simply agree with this essential, which says what? When you sow, you're going to reap more. It's the principle of increase. You will reap more than you sow. No smart farmer ever goes out and says, I'm going to put one kernel of corn in the ground, and I expect to get one kernel back. And I'll just be happy. I just love Jesus. Everything's great. I'm going to put one, just going to put one tomato seed in there, and I know I'm going to get one tomato seed back. Get another job. Stop farming in your backyard if, you, if that's the way you're thinking because the principle is true. You reap more than you sow. And only what is given, here's what I understand. Only what is given away can be multiplied. So in Luke chapter 9, when Jesus has the thousands of people waiting on food, he can only multiply what is given away. So only until the boy's lunch, the disciples bring the boy's lunch to him, and he's got loaves and fishes, and then he blesses it. He, ble he prays over it, gives thanks for it, and then he gives it to the disciples to distribute. Only in the giving it away did the multiplication happen. Only as the woman brought the containers that we looked at last week, only as she brought more containers did the oil multiply. She brought one container, she would have had what? One container of oil, miraculously provided. If she brought 10, she would have had 10. Why? It's the principle. You reap more than you sow. So if you say, well, I really want to harvest, I need a harvest, then just begin sowing with the right heart, with the right attitude, but don't deny the law of the harvest. It's a foundational principle. Are you, you still love me? You all right? Number three, third essential. Number three, you reap after you sow. Like I said, this is not deep. But I've heard many people who get this messed up. You need to know you reap after you sow. Galatians 6, 9, in verse 7, we already read, that says God's not mocked. You're going you're gonna to 
You're going to reap whatever you sow. And in verse 9, he says, don't be weary in well-doing when you're doing the right stuff. Don't, don't get weary because uh, one translation says in due time. This translation says at the proper time, you will reap a harvest if, 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 if you don't give up. If a farmer plants cotton and he knows that that cotton is not going to come up tomorrow. He knows that there is a season of growth that takes place after he's put it in the ground. It's not some kind of a miracle seed that has 24-hour boom. There it is. There's the harvest. He understands that. And he knows there'll come a time. If that cotton farmer goes out and after two weeks he says, you know, I'm so frustrated. Man, I'm frustrated because I expected to be able to, to, you know, take some cotton to the cotton gin by now. I, I was expecting cotton. And he says, forget about it. He said, plow it all up. Plow it under. What would happen? He'd lose the harvest, wouldn't he? Why? There is a time frame you reap after you sow that teaches us two things. One, you have to sow first. Sow first, then reap. Sow, then reap. And I know many people who expect the harvest before they sow. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't even make sense to the farmer in that way. You sow first, and then the harvest comes. It also teaches us that once we have sown, understand that there will be a harvest time. But God's the Lord of the harvest. And it's his time, and it's his, his policy as far as when and how that happens. All right. So I've given you three principles. I've said that you, can we review them together? I'll just go back to the slide. You reap what you sow. You reap more than you sow. And you reap after you sow. And those essentials will help you to grasp this law of the harvest. And I want to just challenge you to understand this law. And like I said, this governs more than finances. It governs life. God set it in motion at creation, and it is still in operation today. Would you pray with me? I pray this will affect the way you live. I pray that this understanding will affect the way that you give. I pray that it will build faith in our hearts, that God will honor his word. Heavenly Father, we are instructed clearly in the scriptures to understand that you're, you're going to be God. Uh, whether we cooperate or not, you're not going to be mocked. You're still going to be God. Lord, I pray that our eyes will be opened up and our hearts will be enlightened today, even more than they ever have been, to understand this financial principle and this law of the harvest that affects how we love, how we respond to people, how we treat others, and also how we manage our money. Lord, help us to have our resistance to the the hang-ups that we may have because we've observed this abuse or that extreme. Lord, let us just set those things aside. 
and decide that we're going to live and give the way that your word teaches us. And the result is going to be great for the kingdom will be blessed, this church will be blessed, and Lord, we will walk in abundance of blessing. So I pray, Father, that these principles, Holy Spirit, you do your work to cause them to come alive in our minds and our hearts. In Jesus' name. I'm going to ask that our prayer teams would come forward at this time. I recognize that there are people here this morning who have needs in your life. Some of them are spiritual. Some of them are emotional. Some of them have to do with jobs. Some of them have to do with marriage. All various things. But God has the answer for them all. Amen? He's got the answer for them all. These prayer teams are trained to pray prayers of faith in agreement with you. So if you have something, you're saying, man, I'm struggling. I've got this that I'm facing in my life. Don't hesitate. Take advantage of the opportunity to pray in faith with one of these teams. And you're welcome to come up now. I'm just going to bless you as you stand to your feet. I'm just going to bless you as you leave. And then you'll be dismissed. And if you need prayer, you come forward. Today, I bless you with the fullness of the Spirit. I bless you with the abundant fruit of the Spirit that will show up in your life increasingly. I bless you today in your coming in and your going out. I bless you in your job, in the workplace, at home, in your marriages, in your families. I release the blessings of God upon your life this day and the authority of the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. God bless you.